You are listening to the Venture Scale SaaS Operator, the podcast where we interview founders who are actually in the trenches. We talk about the transparent journey of how they build their SaaS companies, how they grow them, and what they would do differently if they would do it all over. Hey folks, with us today, Andrea from WordLift. Super happy to have you on. Yeah, excited to, to be here today. Thank for the invite. Let's start with what problem does WordLift solve for its users? WordLift uh, automates uh, search engine optimization by helping companies build uh, a knowledge graph, much like uh, Google does. So do I have to think about basically like right now building topical authority? It's like all the rage in, in SEO. So is that the thing that gets automated or what exactly uh, is automated? Topical authority is one of the area where uh, Worldly does best uh, because by creating uh, structured data uh, and uh, in a knowledge graph, uh, Worldly helps a search engine to easily collect uh, content for each and every author and uh, provide uh, you know uh, information about what are the topics that uh, each one is uh, you know writing about. So yes, topic authority is, is one. Uh, of course, we do work a lot on the editorial space, a lot on the e-commerce space. So we cover different verticals. So who's a typical buyer for that? So what kind of industry is like the, the typical customer? Well, if you look at the industry, uh, we started in the, in the beginning uh, focusing on the news and media sector, people writing blogs and you know, creating business out of content marketing. And then um, as COVID uh, arrived, uh, we, uh, you know, fine-tuned the solution for e-commerce websites that currently represent a significant uh, um, area for, for WordLift. And then we do have, um, you know, a lot of initiatives in the, in the travel industry uh, as well. So these are kind of the, the main, uh, um, you know, industrial sector that, uh, that I would say we cover. So did e-commerce complete, completely basically like push out the media, the media side, or is it now like a kind of like a split of, split um, of those? I mean, if I look at uh, this quarter, these first two quarters of 2023, I think that uh, we're talking about uh, uh, maybe 50% on e-commerce and then 30% on the news and media. And then, uh, you know, the remaining on uh, travel and uh, in other verticals, you know, finance, real estate, uh, health. I mean, but uh, yeah, these are kind of the distribution. Whether when we started, uh, I think news and media was taking uh, 80% of, uh, of um, you know, of the revenues. I would love to double click on that because I always find it super interesting if founders make the decision either to go after one or two verticals or to stay completely horizontal. So why, I mean, why did you make the decision to go after e-commerce, what were the signs that you saw early on that you that made you decide, okay, that's a great vertical to go after? So WordLift uh, creates data, and so we build knowledge graphs. Now, knowledge graphs are agnostic, you know, from you know to the to the sector. Uh, by definition, you can build a knowledge graph out of everything. But when we started, uh, we thought that the market fit would be on people writing because people writing were obsessed with, uh, you know, SEO 
and uh, they would benefit the most from automating some of the SEO efforts and therefore bringing value into writing. That was, you know, kind of the original assumption. But then when COVID arrived, and I kept always e-commerce in the back of my head because I wasn't, you know, that much into the industry. I was more fascinated by the idea of uh, enabling tools for, for writers. Um, but then all of a sudden, COVID arrived. And there was, uh, you know, and this idea that I had in the back uh, of my head that we had to start building uh, uh, product knowledge graphs and, uh, you know, graphs related to the, to the product and the services became uh, a necessity. Because, you know, e-commerce uh, had, uh, you know, 34% growth uh, during, during the first year of COVID. And therefore, you know, we, 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 we received a lot of demand from, you know, uh, the sector to, to come in and automate. And also SEO in e-commerce wasn't a huge uh, segment simply because, you know, Google wasn't uh, uh, focusing as much as it's focusing now by, you know, entering into a battle with, with Amazon. Right now in the U.S., you can uh, do the checkout on Google. And if you think about it, uh, you know, three years ago, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't an option. And uh, in order to get uh, visibility on uh, Google, you had to pay. Uh, and so run the traditional advertising which was outside of the scope of uh, uh, organic traffic. And so it was a mix of factor, but uh, I think, you know, primarily it's something that you have to have in the plan. I mean, I wouldn't be doing e-commerce if it wasn't at all in my plan, probably, at least for me, because I mean, changes do take time. But then it was also a tremendous opportunity that uh, that uh, arrived because of COVID, and I know that COVID uh, brought a lot of suffering, um, but it also, you know, kind of uh, fuel uh, digital transformation across many many sectors. And so this is this is one of the examples. Was there anything specific you changed in terms of strategy? So either in terms of marketing strategy or even product strategy to accommodate uh, those e-commerce clients. Hey, of course. I mean, um, you know, we, we build knowledge graphs, but uh, uh, creating a knowledge graph out of uh, an archive of articles and uh, people writing articles and uh, maybe tags or concepts is, is one thing. And, uh, and creating a graph out of uh, retail products and in, in category products, it's a complete another game. So we, we had to interface with the uh, Google Merchant API. Uh, so we've been uh, always keen on, you know, getting data and improving that data. But the, the first challenge is where is data coming from? Because of course, if I'm writing a, a blog, you know, the blog will be my source of truth. But if I have uh, an e-commerce, you know, where is the data coming from? Is it coming from, you know, the product information management system or is it coming from a feed uh, created for Amazon. And so we, we invested on, you know, kind of structuring and modeling data coming from different sources so that we could accommodate different platforms. And then we started to understand what Google was uh, uh, pivoting with in the e-commerce space because it wasn't there, uh, you know, when we first started, the ability to, to get free visibility on shopping uh, on the shopping tab of Google. So it was completely new uh, space. If you need to hire the right developers and ship fast, 
then React Squad is for you. A boutique agency that specializes in React and only works with fast growth startups. Get a 14-day risk-free trial and a transparent price of $95 per hour. Visit reactsquad.io to learn more. I would love to switch gears a bit from the product side to more of like the company building side. So you started roughly seven years ago. How, how much capital did you raise so far? So we started uh, uh, seven years ago with the research work, but the company was incorporated in 2017. So we effectively Got started it. five years ago. So we are uh, now out of the startup phase uh, by a few months. Um, and um, how did we start it? I mean, we were running a research project uh, co-founded by the European Commission. And so that's how we got started. We got started by tinkering with uh, with the uh, semantic uh, web stack in order to improve uh, the ability of a content management system to produce uh, uh, rich data. That's that's how we started. So, so was started. that so was the initial financing basically uh, like a, like a f from one of those EU uh, funds, or oh, how, how did you that. initially finance it? So we had the AU funding on one side, and then we had, uh, you know, the consulting activities on the other side that were, uh, you know, financing the development of the company. And, and uh, I was, uh, you know, working on uh, one of my other company. Um, and then from these other company, we financed, uh, you know, the creation of, of Worldlift. And then we went all in, in into Worldlift as soon as, you know, um, we, we started the and incorporated the company. We received the first uh, uh, seed investment from uh, a Belgian SEO tool. And that was uh, a really exciting time for us because I wasn't uh, much into SEO. And uh, I'd been uh, working on the internet since uh, 95. I'm an old guy. And I've been always, uh, um, you know, working with bootstrap companies on the web. So. But I never venture into search engine optimization. I always, I mean, I always focused on uh, developing content management system. That was, you know, kind of uh, yeah. our, our original focus of uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago now almost. But then when this Belgian company started to uh, grow interest in us, I realized that uh, we, had, uh, we had a potential market fit with uh, something that I thought it would be, you know, the next uh, content management system. <laughs> And so, and so we, we pivot um, right before the company was incorporated because we got this, uh, you know, uh, interest uh, coming from an industry that uh, was, you know, kind of nearby, but it wasn't really my, you know, uh, playground at that time. Was that, so that was more of a strategic investment than less of a typical VCC investment? Yeah, it was a strategic investment for them. Uh, um, company um, it's called Vurank. Uh, they had a, a, a web uh, auditing uh, tool for, for SEO, and they were looking in ways of uh, <clears throat> diversifying, but also innovating on uh, on their uh, offering. And uh, and they really liked the idea of what we were building at that time. And um, yeah, that's been you know a successful story. I, I'm just, uh, you know, I bought them back, uh, uh, recently because they got, uh, purchased and, uh, huh. and it's our business was, uh, is doing well. Then, uh, I didn't want to have, you know, the cap table, uh, too, uh, complicated. And so we, we bought them back. 
But right now, so are you on the venture track right now, or did you basically buy out all investors and are running it fully bootstrapped now? So, so um, we received two hundred thousand euro of uh, investment at that point uh, from from this Belgian company, and uh, after the first year and a half, uh, we were profitable. And so, and and that for me was was a strategic achievement because, of course, uh, a profitable company is a company that creates uh, value that you can uh, kind of rely on. And I've been always building bootstrap companies. Uh, but then, at the same time, as we venture into you know uh, a competitive space, both the you know the SEO space and the artificial intelligence space. I decided that, okay, well, now maybe for the first time, we want to start looking at uh, increasing the resources financially, and therefore, um, we also then uh, receive uh, um, uh, another seed round uh, at the beginning of uh, 2022 from an actual uh, institutional uh, venture fund uh, here in Italy where, where uh, we're based. And so we receive uh, 800,000 euros. and. Um, And now we are, uh, uh, yeah, still profitable and uh, still growing and, uh, and looking for a potential in your round. Where, first of all, I find it super interesting that you took the VC money but still run profitably. Yeah. How did you invest those 800K? Or are they basically sitting, sitting on the bank account still? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a mix. Of course, when you get uh, VC money, you... Well, you need to spend them because, of course, you're giving away uh, valuable equities, especially if the company has been um, profitable since, you know, kind of the, the, the early stage. And so uh, we are, um, you know, improving the technology on one side uh, um, and then increasing the, the sales and the marketing team on the other side. Now, for the technology, before getting the VC model, I... I was, um, we were able to get a new research project from the European Commission of around uh, 700,000 euro that didn't land on us. I mean, it's a project designed for Wirelift. So the new generation of Wirelift, the platform that we are currently using, has been actually developed within the context of a new research project that uh, uh, has been developed with the help of the university in Innsbruck, the Semantic Technology Institute in Innsbruck. And another company that I created or you know, co-founded uh, uh, in 2013 that is in Austria and that does some of the development of the Worldlift uh, uh, infrastructure. So I was able to combine you know, the public and the private investment to create uh, the new generation of Worldlift, which is the one that we primarily used on uh, today and that, that allow us to also pivot on the e-commerce. Interesting. And then in terms of either customer account or revenue, how big are you right now? So we, we closed last year with uh, annual uh, uh, recurring revenues of uh, uh, 1.2. And uh, we are closing uh, this first semester at uh, 1.230. So we are doing more than what we did last year in a year on the first semester. So we have a, yeah, we have a growth rate of 100% at the moment. Uh, not sure if this uh, is going to be sustained also in the second semester, but uh, you know, we, we expect to, to, to reach uh, uh, above 2 million euro uh, of um, 
annual uh, revenues. That's super impressive. How, what's your main growth engine? Do you mainly grow by SEO yourself or, or how do you mainly get your customers? So um, WordLift, uh, it's, it's a complicated uh, piece of technology and it comes out of many years of research. And, um, and um, despite of my original vision of uh, creating a, a solution for the everyday blogger, uh, 82% of our revenue are coming from large corporations. And uh, only 18% of the revenues are coming from, you know, the off the shelves uh, uh, product that, um, you know, would fit um, a blogger. And um, this, this came out of, you know, uh, the experience that, uh, that, uh, that uh, we, we have done, the results that we achieve, uh, the, the product uh, DNA, my DNA, my partner's DNA. I mean, we've been always working on um, ultra complicated uh, enterprise platforms, so we always had that kind of uh, you know approach to, to 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 problems. And therefore, we found that you know being yourself and growing your business will help a lot in in the in the first phase. I mean, uh, and so um, yeah, so, so that's 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 pretty much. So how do we grow? Uh, on these, uh, uh, we grow because we innovate. So people come to us because we've been the first to do, you know, knowledge graph for SEO. People come to us because we've been the first in 2020 to use the transformers, so this neural network architecture for generating content on scale, uh, by preserving, you know, quality, uh, that, uh, well-known brand needs. And so we anticipated, uh, you know, the, the GPT uh, trend by at least two and a half years. And so, and people come now because we, you know, we do have this uh, generative approach to content that uh, provides some level of um, validation and safeguarding that, uh, that a large organization needs. But people come to us because we innovate in the end. So a large company doesn't have, uh, you know, the scale uh, and the ability to innovate in a fragmented space like, uh, like uh, SEO and, uh, and digital marketing in general. And so what if this is that startup that you can uh, plug in and, uh, and literally will we'll innovate some, some workflows and create something that, you know, will create an impact in the, in the midterm. That's, that's, uh, but then... Of course, as, as we grew the business now, you know, after five years of running the business, I know that uh, my clients are the one where if I get a euro, I can give them three back, at least in terms of additional traffic that we can generate with our technology. And so that's, that's the value that we bring. Not every client is a good fit for us because you maybe have a way uh too large website that doesn't make enough uh, revenues for us to you know add on top our value or maybe you add other seo uh, issues that needs to be tackled first before adding you know a knowledge graph but once we get it you know once we find the right client then we can bring the value we can measure the value and then seo becomes a product Interesting. And then what's like looking out for the next five years, basically is your, so it's the goal hitting like a series A end of 
this year or end of next year? Or, or how do you plan the, the next half decade basically so far? So I, I like to, to look at, you know, the evolution of the technology first, because the, the financing part, it's, uh, it's uh, soft, you know, it, it comes right after. You know, you, you don't build a company by looking at uh, Series A, Series B in my world. In my world, I look at the revenue and I look at, you know, where is the value that I can generate? What is the highest, you know, value that I can generate in the next 10 years? And uh, I think AI, it's an umbrella term, but uh, what we call AI at the moment, it, it, it's defining into the merge between uh, a deductive approach to artificial intelligence and an inductive approach. So inductive is everything that we use every day when we you know, play with the language model like, uh, like chat. And deductive is something like, uh, well, I create a function that calls an API and that API pulls data and, uh, and brings it into the system or a knowledge graph for that matter. So a knowledge graph, it's a formalized way of organizing knowledge that allows an organization to say, okay, uh, well, I need to know uh, what are the clients that are living in this region that can be a good fit for product A and B and C. And this is something that you do uh, deductively. Now, the next 10, 10 years are going to be about abduction, which is kind of the blending of these two approaches to intelligence. So the blend of you know, one approach that is based on rules and the blend of another approach, which is the inductive, that is based on, by looking at the past, let's make a prediction of what's going to happen next. Now, these two fields are going to merge because intelligence, it's coming from a combination of these two approaches. We do not have, you know, sufficient understanding of the theory of abduction, whether we are, we're very well versed on expert systems. Uh, on the deductive side and, and neural networks on the inductive side. But uh, we do not have a theory of, you know, how these two things can be combined. And that's what Wearlift um, aims at uh, focusing on in the next decade, which means providing organization with the power to create their own AI by using their data without relying on third-party black boxes and... Uh, Possibly complying with uh, definitely complying with uh, the AI legal framework that uh, we are uh, bringing forward in Europe, and that's going to be a ten years journey because it's not going to be about uh, SEO as we see today, like uh, being positioned on a search engine, but it's going to be about SEO as uh, you know that field that kind of brings together content, data, and user experience. That makes a ton of sense. So basically, you came from the research field, so to say, and you're planning to stick very close to where the actual research is going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, a platform like where they evolves and, uh, and remains uh, a point of excellence if it sticks to the innovative path. And, and so we're doubling down on that. Now, in order to do that, of course, we do have to increase the resources because uh, bootstrapping uh, has its own advantage and disadvantages. And especially when the, you know, the technology uh, moves so fast, you have to have you know, solid grounding, but you also need uh, talent and, uh, and, and you need to you know, face a lot of challenges. 
And so I expect that, uh, yeah, we're going to look at uh, Series A coming in the next uh, six uh, to eight months. And then um, hopefully, you know, we're going to increase our presence in the United States where, you know, most of our clients are coming in. And then we have to continue investing on research, so possibly getting more uh, public grants from, um, you know, European Commission or other institution that uh, can help uh, AI being developed in Europe. I think that sounds like a very proper plan. Andrea, thanks a lot for coming on today. That was super intriguing. Awesome. Well, thanks to you for, for the invite. If you like this episode, then you'll love the SaaS Operator, a weekly newsletter brought to you by Early Node, with actionable insights from SaaS experts in the industry delivered right to your inbox every Tuesday for free. Visit earlynode.com to subscribe.